Hi, I'm Matt Forbeck, author of Shotguns and Sorcery in the upcoming Marvel tabletop role-playing game, and you're listening to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This week, Morris, Peter, and Jessica talk about using social media in the RPG industry. In the news, Critical Role sells out Wembley Arena, any nominations are in, Paizo and Mirascape are bringing augmented reality to RPGs and more, plus a brand new sketch about the intrepid archaeologist Montana Drones. This week on Morse's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I've exterminated things you people wouldn't believe. Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion because I exterminated them. I watched sea beams glitter in the dark near the Tannhauser Gate right before I exterminated them. All those moments will be lost in time, like tears that have been exterminated. Time to die. I don't know why he saved my life. Maybe in those last moments he loved life more than... Exterminate! Exterminate! Top role playing news. We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse. And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG. Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Russ, aka Morris, or Morris, aka Russ, and with me this week is... Peace Coffee from the Southampton Golden Roll Players. Russ has ever. I am delighted to be here. And here, joining us once again, with the sort of fantastic awareness of everything that only she can bring. It's... So, some say she is like Unagi, but I say that's a sort of field dish. I don't know what they're talking about. It's one! It's the only! It's! It's me, Jessica from EM Publishing. Thank you. That, that was the most introduced, uh, most confusing introduction you've it ever done. It was certainly the oddest, oddest one, yeah? I, so much so that I tripped over my words. <laughs> yeah, me too. But yes, <laughs> too. I have returned. I was perplexed. I have oh. returned. Yeah. I don't even know where you went. Like, I went yeah, to Wales. Ah. Yeah. Congratulations slash commiserations, delete as appropriate. Uh, well, that's where I'm from, where my family's from, so I went home yes. to visit family in Wales. Ah. So I, okay. I wouldn't be commiserating over that. It did rain the entire time we were there, though, which felt appropriate. Ah, so the fact and, that and, then, and then you brought it back with you. Yeah, it's yes. throwing it down. It's your fault. Okay, mm. good to know, good to know. So well, it's good for yes. the plants. Cheers. Good for the plants. Exactly. But, oh, yeah. wow, it's super wet outside. Yeah. Mm. Right, let's do some news. Interesting. Probably yeah. Sure. Hey, so I wanted to start with Critical mm-hmm. Role, because they're doing something quite impressive this year. Oh, yeah. Do you remember the days when sort of like role-playing games and being a geek was kind of a niche thing? And like, you know, could you imagine like 12,000 people filling an arena in order to watch some people play a role-playing game? Um, 12,000? 12,000. Thousand people because Critical Role yep. sold out Wembley Arena in ten minutes when tickets went on sale for their UK um, Mighty Nine reunion live show in October. Wow! Which is taking place at Wembley Arena in London. They sold out Wembley Arena in ten minutes. I, I mean, sure, ten minutes is super quick, but wow! 
I yes. mean, 12,000 people are going to be watching a role-playing game. At in person. Yes. Okay, that bit, that second <laughs> bit, that is way more impressive for me. I, I'm just like, okay, well, this is a thing that's happening. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think it's bloody awesome. I mean, can you, it's yeah. just, like, just the idea that's so, it's like how far the hobby has come. Yeah. I mean, I admittedly, so. Critical Role isn't necessarily representative. They are an outlier, I guess. But even so, yeah. even so. Well, you've got to have one end of the spectrum to uh, exist, so yeah. Yeah, and I, yeah and, exactly. And I know they're not everyone's style of roleplay that they like, because I see people online getting annoyed and being like, oh, you know, it's not proper roleplay because blah, blah, blah. Oh, but, yeah, but anything, yes. anything that exists has people online. Exactly. That, you know. But I just, and even if that's true, because like some... Are they going to make me defend critical role here? Because <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not happy with this turn of events. Like, well, not that I have everything against them, but also, come on. Yeah, I know. Like, I'm not, I'm not a critter myself, so I don't watch it, but I just think it's really great because I think it welcomes those new people into the hobby. Like yeah, for me, yeah. when I was first dipping my toes into looking what is role-playing, um, I saw, what was it? It was Acquisitions Incorporated. They did mm. a show at um, a convention and it had been recorded. Mm. So when I was like Googling, what is a role, like, what is this? That's what I came up with. So that like, let me have a little look and think, okay, maybe this is something I could do. And I bet yeah. this has done it for so many more people to the point so where it's reached so many more role-playing game rule books now that instead of having a what is a role-playing game section oh. where they spend two pages telling you what a role-playing game is yep. they say google critical role yeah that's a role-playing game yeah yeah google critical role watch that for 10 minutes so you now know what a role-playing game is better than i could explain it exactly and i and i i get that the style of game that they have won't be representative of the style of game that everybody likes there's huge variety in the games industry but yes. no actual player is going to do that because mm-hmm. of the huge variety. Because you you could there's all the different types of games. But luckily, mm. there are all different types of actual plays as well. And, and actual yeah. plays do have a different goal, which is they are trying to entertain an audience. Mm-hmm. That's mm. entirely fine. Yeah, that is like if they weren't trying to entertain an audience, it wouldn't be very mm-hmm. good, would they? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the, that's the nature of an actual play. Yes, yes. but well, that's the attempt I, I anyway. Yeah. So I wanted to add, it's not just one thing they're doing, though. They're doing that on Wednesday the 25th of October, mm-hmm. doing the yeah. Wembley Arena, Arena thing. They're also appearing on October the 29th at the XL in London, mm-hmm. again, as part of London MCM 2023. Mm-hmm. So they're doing two two big live events here in the UK in October, yes. towards the end of October. And because the other one is sold out, they are offering this weekend, uh, so when you're listening to it, it's the 15th and 16th, if you're on their newsletter, you'll get a link to like do an early booking for the London MCM one or general releases mm. on Monday the 17th. So if you're listening yeah. to this and you want to go, it's probably best to act quickly mm. because yeah, yeah, the other one's sold out, like you say, within 10 minutes. So um, yeah. this one probably will. So sticking with Critical Role for the moment, yeah. um, they have just, in other news, taken down every video and podcast that they have that features Brian Wayne Foster. Who's Brian Wayne Foster? Now, what did, I, what I, did I, they do? What did Brian do? Because I can um, just tell. Yeah. So did Brian do something May, problematic? Yes. Okay. In um, uh, um allegedly. Okay. <laughs> in May. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't like us. Allegedly. Before anyone sues us. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What did um, what allegedly happen for us? Um, The Last of Us star Ashley Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was the partner and fiance of uh, of Foster. Mm. Filed. I do know a, about this. Yes. Filed a uh, restraining order after a history of verbal abuse, control, and substance dependence. Um, these behaviours, after their separation, apparently intensified, which uh, which led her to file the restraining order in May. Alleged. 
Yeah. Um, no, so I think, I think she definitely could... filed a restraining order. Oh, yeah the, yeah, the restraining order definitely happened with the alleged allegations, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. 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 So Critical Role has completely scrubbed Foster's presence completely. Right. Um, That's fair yeah. enough. Um, there's, yeah, the only footage that remains, there's, a, there's some brief appearances at the beginning of a handful of live shows. Mm. Fair enough. Which they kind of couldn't couldn't sort of edit him out of, I guess. Yeah. But, um, but other than that, yeah, it's, it's, it's been removed completely. That seems so, reasonable um, is, to me. If I was on a yeah. out or they have removed removed the episode's feature. Oh, okay. Right. Maybe they plan to re-release with editing, but that would take mm. some some time to do. I'd yeah, imagine. yeah, not a quick job. Yeah, but um, that seems reasonable yeah. to me. Like if mm. I was in a show and something, and then I had beef with my ex that was part of it. Mm. Yeah, that sounds fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not the first time they've done that, actually. Um, so very early on in Critical Role's run, oh, yeah, a few they had years that ago, now, guy, didn't they? Um, Orion Akaber, who was one of the members of Fox Machina at yeah, the beginning, yeah. mm-hmm. and they, and that actor got removed from the show, and the character was erased from the cartoon. Mm-hmm. You yes. know, not including the cartoon. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but those those episodes are still those episodes of Critical Role were still there. Yep. Okay. But sort of anything retrospective, like the cartoon show on Amazon and other things like that, that character has been removed completely from the story. Mm-hmm. So it's not the first time that's, you know, they've mm. had to do something like that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense to me. It's, yeah, you, you, you do you do what you got to do sometimes. And I know it might be mm. like, oh, it's a shame for the story that happens. But, you know, generally real life people and issues are more important than the stories yeah. the stories yeah. we tell. And, uh, and for, table, well, yeah. for what it looks like, part the reason wasn't just the sort of, PR element of removing their association with him, mm-hmm. which obviously is one thing that yeah. one aspect of it. But part of it is supporting Johnson. Yeah, um, mm. you know, um, saying this this person is still our friend and a member of this crew, basically, and we support her. And yes, you know, yeah, that you know, d- doing that is you know a, a good mm. thing to do to support someone that you're still working with. Yeah, I yeah, that's, friends with. That's initially what I saw it as. To be honest, I mean, you mm. have the added. Mm. I mean, you have the, the added PR boost, I think, but mm. I'd imagine it was done initially because, yeah, yeah, want to help your friend just like move on from a situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is the critical role news, which is pretty big news, I think. It is. Speaking yeah. of actual plays, oh yeah, yeah. seamless segue. Well, not. <laughs> so you're always very proud of your segues. I am. I know. It's a skill, <laughs> and I it, should it, be proud of myself. You know, this is not segues are really hard. To this drive, is not a yeah. British thing to to like be proud about yourself. I'm trying. Um, oh, anyway, mm. at Ian Live, we sponsor mm. actual plays. Mm. So, and we don't do it based on when we pick streams. We don't pick it off who's got the most people watching things like that because we want to support new and upcoming streams and things like that. Mm. If you um, have an actual play and you are using Level Up Advanced Fifth Edition as your system for the actual play, um, and you'll be running your stream October to December, so you're like planning it now, uh, we would be interested in sponsoring you. And you can apply for sponsorship on ianworld Ian Live on the sponsorship tab there. Uh, and you can apply, and you can apply between now and September 1st. Uh, yeah, and we'll sponsor your stream. So we'll give you $400 for your stream, so you can spend that on paying paying some people, or buying equipment, or promoting or it, marketing, pizza, whatever you want, or, or pizza, <laughs> or whatever you want, it's up to you. Uh, we'll put you on the EM World Live's content calendar, uh, we'll do an article on the EM, uh, EM, EM World Live website, and on the Level Up A5E site that we have. Uh, and we've recently put up the three that we're sponsoring for this, uh, for July, August, and September. Um, so you can check them out on the website. We've got a uh, tale of D20s, uh, three flings, slice and dice, 
uh, send some really cool little actual play people. So if you are into actual plays, Ooh. as we're talking about Critical Role, uh, for Level Up Advanced with Edition, check them out there if you enjoy watching them, and if you make them yourself, we'd love to hear from you and maybe sponsor you. Sweet. So what, what's the opposite of a segue? Um, Whatever you're about to say next. What I'm about to do is the opposite of a segue. Non sequitur. <laughs> a, le- a left turn. Not non sequitur. A gear change. Strictly. Okay, fine. Yeah. It's so, non sequitur. Yeah. I'm just going to say it's okay. non sequitur. Okay, fair enough. Although this this that particular Rack sort of clutch. little little <laughs> bit might actually constitute a segue, ironically, in a way. Go on. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Anyway, I was going to talk about. Um, have you heard of Mirrorscape? No. I think we might have mentioned it before. I'm not sure, but basically, it's a AR thing where mm-hmm. you have you sit around a table. And then you have like a phone or a tablet and you look, basically look through the phone and the tablet and then you've got like a scene and miniatures and all that sort of stuff. Like, um, like Pokemon Go. Sort of, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But well, D&D. Yeah, yeah Pokemon yeah. Go yeah. uses uh, AR. That, that sort of thing. And yeah. also Seven Wonders, some of their cards, as I recall. Yeah, yeah. Now, now I, yeah. I do I do recall discussing this, but this is like not recent, Russ. Um, no, I'm no. getting there. I'm getting there. Okay, okay. We've got an update. <laughs> okay. Come on. Yes. Get to the chase. Um, so... Mirrorscape, which is also Joe Manganiello. Manganiello is one of the one of the owners of that company as well. Oh, okay. So there's a bit of celebrity stuff going on there as well. But um, that yeah, it has been around for a couple of years, I think now, or been in development. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think you can actually get quite yet, but it's coming soon. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Paizo has partnered with them mm-hmm. uh, to create an augmented reality app for Pathfinder and Starfinder. <laughs> and that will have like licensed miniatures and terrain and stuff like that, and official right. Paizo and Pathfinder and Starfinder content. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, so I think this 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 is going to be interesting because at the moment, when, once it gets to the glasses mm. for me, once it gets to the glasses, that be or then be interested. At the mm. moment, when you're having to hold something up and look through it, it's yeah, yeah. too it, cumbersome. Well, you'll for me. be pleased but, to know the app mm. will also be compatible with AR glasses and headsets. Yeah, how exciting. But there aren't really any good AR glasses yet. All right, well, no. you know. But when they when they do exist, when they do exist. When, when they do exist, you can walk around with them without yeah. being punched, like happened with Google glasses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then, yeah. The headsets are too cumbersome as well. But yeah. once, once, it's, a, it's a few years before that happens, though, isn't it? I mean, yeah, it is it is launching soon on those devices. I'm probably almost certainly going to grab it just to check it out. The open beta is going to launch. Mm. So it's not going to yeah. be on iOS and Android devices. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, back in my day, we just used our imaginations. Yeah. All that stuff is just... I'm, I'm excited about the future of it, but it's not quite there yet. Since we're doing non-sequiturs, yeah. uh, and we were vaguely talking about D&D... <laughs> on a TTRPG podcast? Then. D&D's an odd thing for us to talk about on this podcast. Wild, isn't it? Um, there is uh, an amazing Kickstarter, which I saw, which it's for 5th edition, but okay. I really like it. Interesting. So, you know, hang on to your hats. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I put it through. It's Periapt Games, and it's sort of a life path system. Oh, oh man. Yeah, okay. yeah, we do. Like, I do like life path systems. We do. What sold is new as a life is, path system. That's one of my favourite character generation methods, if not my favourite character generation method. Yeah, tell us uh, more, Peter. Um, well, I essentially there's like a whole pile of life path steps to do it. I, I was basically mm-hmm. going and. <laughs> I was on Mastodon and I badgered the person shamelessly just asking those questions but they're very happy yeah. so it's probably not full badgering but yeah it's like um, you get all sorts of options and sometimes you roll a dice so it's a little bit Traveller-esque because yeah. uh, it's got that random Ooh, yeah. but you can't die in character creation so they're not going full yeah. classic Traveller oh, so I'm looking at a sample character on here now yeah, yeah. I, I love this love this idea by the way yeah, yeah. Life systems, I love it yeah, yeah. so this is Tarb the Strayfield is the character nice. so it says it's a life path dice roll so it sounds like you randomly generate your life path mm. 
because she's not traditional with life paths, but it can be. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure uh, you don't have to randomly generate it. Sure. You can, though. Yeah. So Bend the life meadows. path for this particular character, mm-hmm. stranded in the wilds, followed by yeah. cursed, temple doorkeeper, defended yourself, made queen in the fighting pits, and then press ganged onto a ship. And it says there's like 300 different life path options that you can take. Yep. So they've taken one, two, three, four, but they've taken six there. And that's basically resulted in a character. Yep. Um, with ability scores and proficiencies and, you know, all the, all the stuff that a character would have. Yeah. No, I mean, I gotta say, I, I'm, I'm pretty much likely to back it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Me too. I like, I like this idea very much. I gotta like say idea. from Ben the- Meadows, have yourself another, have mm-hmm. yourself a backing line yeah, on the podcast. Yeah. There we go. Uh, there we go. From a logistics business perspective of running a crowdfunding campaign, it looks really good from what I'm skimming through as well because they, it looks like they're going to be able to fulfill it very quickly, very easily, and they've set themselves up for success by the way they're doing fulfillment. Because mm. I think that's where a lot of... I mean, you get so many cool ideas on Kickstarter, but then the actual fulfillment mm. and getting it to people can sometimes be an issue. But looking yeah, through mm. the way they're doing this, this makes me feel really confident that Mm. They're going to have really clear communication with backers, and they're going to—they've got a really good process that's just set up yeah. for success, which is really good. Yeah, yeah. I think I mean, good. So of course, they've already funded. Yes, uh, they had a twelve hundred dollar goal, and they are—what's it? Seven days in, and they've smashed. That, sorry, they had a seven hundred sixty-nine dollar goal, and they've smashed one thousand seven hundred eighty-nine dollars. Ah, yes, because of course, New Zealand also used dollars. Yeah, yeah that was a good find, Peter. Yeah, no, I. I applaud you. Thank you. Yeah. That was a good find. Yes. I like. I like very much. Yeah, that's uh, good. Yeah. Yes. Well done. <laughs> hey, um, talking of mm-hmm. non sequiturs mm-hmm. <laughs> and hey. non segways. Non sequiturs. So yeah. this, this, this has just turned into a generic meta segue now. <laughs> yeah, let's, 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 yeah. Let's run with it for the episode. Okay. Okay, let's go. <laughs> How would you like to play Star Trek by yourself? How would one like a computer game? Noob, like a solo role-playing game. Oh, um... This did pique my interest, because I am now hmm. in my... If there was something to get me into solo role-playing games, it would be... Star Trek. A Star Trek one. Ooh. I have a collection in my hands of solo role-playing games, Silent. which I'm going to play out. Yeah. And we will this... do a little chat on the podcast about it. Oh, but tell us more about Star Trek Adventures this solo one. It's called the Captain's Log solo role-playing game. It's from mm. the mm. You know, they do the official Star Trek Adventures yeah. 3D20 um, role-playing game. Um, it's a 326-page digest-sized book. Um, and you play a, a Starship captain as your ship and crew explore the galaxy. Mm-hmm. They've got like a bunch of different books. They've got the same content with different covers, mm-hmm. depending on which era you want to play in. But the content inside yeah. is the same. It's just a thematic thing. Yeah. So you can play from um, the original series, Next Generation, mm-hmm. all the way through to Discovery up in the 30 mm-hmm. whatever century, that's saying. Okay. And then it basically randomly generates missions. There's no game master, but there is a way for you to play it cooperatively and with a GM. But, okay. you know, the default one, there's no game master. Um, comes out in August, but you can pre-order it now, and you can get the PDF immediately. Ooh, nice! Yeah, it looks pretty cool. Star Trek Adventures: oh, The Solo yeah. Role Playing Game is out now, and Russ is going to yes, get it, and, I am and going we to will look talk about, that about one. it yes. in like a yeah. probably a month or two, to be honest. By the time we get yeah. ourselves in gear, because mm. I've got five to do, because I yeah. type A. Someone said to me, I can't, I can't wait till solo role playing games become ele- like electronic on the computer, and I'm like. Isn't that just a video game? Yeah. There's a lot of yeah. uh, single-player video, yeah. video game <laughs> RPGs already. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think someone's thought of that one already. Interesting. Mm. Anyway, do you, wanna, do you want me to tell you about other role-playing games that exist that were announced no, this week? No, there are no other role-playing games that exist. Oh, but Russell, there are. 
Let me I tell you for now. So we're all familiar with running with blades. A blade runner, if you will. You shouldn't run with blades. Runners actually run with blades. Well, they they could in your story. I mean, they could run with yeah, blades. Yeah, there's nothing well. to stop yeah. you Very doing dangerous. that. Why are yeah. they called Blade Runners? Um, they didn't. They did. They did. They did. This film was the, old before she was born. They did say yeah. it in the movie, but I can't remember now. Yeah, why now? Yeah. I can't think why. No, Daryl's going to be eating stuff in the comments in the editing <laughs> section. Well, you tell us about this while I look that up. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I, I now need to know. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so Blade Runner, the role-playing game, it came out uh, on Kickstarter. Did really well, like last year, the year before. Oh. Last year. Um, and okay. I have the. The core rule books in the box set right here behind me that I'm going to run for some friends. But if you've already run it because you're more organised and better at life than I am, well done. But there is more coming for you. There are two uh, new products in the Blade Runner role-playing game line. So the first one is um, an adventure, which is case file number two, which follows on from case file number one for the shrewd amongst you. Uh, But the new one is uh, Fiery Angels. And it's a box set adventure. Mm. So it's following on case file number one. That's in, So case file number one, Electric Dreams, is in the starter set. Mm. So if you've played through that, case file number two is another box set adventure that follows on from mm. that. So if you enjoyed that and want to carry on, this is going here. A little bit of trivia for you, Jess. Yes. Do Android's Dream of Electric Sheep is the novel by yes. Philip K. Dick, and yes. on which uh, Blade Runner is based. Yes. But I see you already know that. So yeah. good times. I think everybody knows that. A friend of mine is obsessed. I'm pretty sure most don't. That's a very, that's a very famous Yes. Version. A friend yeah. of mine is obsessed with Philip K. Dick and has all uh, of their works, and you can't mention wow. anything vaguely related without them telling you all about it. So I'm very, very well aware of I, uh, this. I apologise. Would you like a bit of Blade Runner trivia? This is one of my because friends. Oh, yes. Discovered the ti- I discovered what the title comes from. Okay, now. tell us about oh, Blade yes, Runner's yes. Through the magic of the internet. Yes. Mm-hmm. I have discovered that the title actually derives from a novel by Alan E. Norse called The Blade Runner in 1974. And the protagonist of that novel smuggled black market surgical instruments Okay, it's literally running with blades. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, aside from the title, there's no other connection whatsoever. No. They just liked the title. Yoink. And they had Yoink. the rights to it, so oh. they used it. Oh, damn. So, Ali Norse, if you're listening, unlikely as it is, we're sorry, mm. man. That's unlucky. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, there we go. Um, but anyway, I have a bit of a I'm not, I'm not done. Are you not done? <laughs> no. What? Let me tell you more about Blade Runner, please. Okay. So, more there's the Electric Dean's well. case file. Yes. Um, so it's planned to come out at the end of this year. You can pre-order it mm-hmm. in the third quarter of 2023, and it'll be out in Q4. Mm-hmm. But the second book is a bigger book. Mm-hmm. And so in the Blade Runner books, you're playing Blade Runners. So you're running around mm-hmm. like being like, ah, oh, replicants, S- stop doing that. Shank. Good role playing for me there. Anyway, but the second <laughs> book is Replicant Rebellion. And this means that you can join the ranks of the Replicant Underground, uh, part of the Resistance Cells um, there. Um, So the idea is, so there's not a retail price announced yet, um, but it's set to be released next year in 2024. um, And it's kind of, yeah, set in like 2037, if you're familiar with the lore and the years, and being part of the Resistance. So you can be on the other side of it. So you're there like trying to run away from the Blade Runners and be like, no, Blade Runners, we will run around and be rebellious. Curse you. and that's how I would role play that character. Um, now I'm hmm. done talking about Blade Runner. Peter, did you have something to add? <laughs> well, not specifically about Blade Runner, to be fair. Although I'm enjoying that Good. whole deep dive into 
deep dive. Yes, that was a deep dive, wasn't it? Adaptation, mm-hmm. uh, adaptation of Philip K. Dick's work. Uh, yeah, one of the things that has popped up, which I've been quite excited about, is um, there's a role-playing game system called Cairn, or Khan. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. C-A-I-R-N. Um, I think that would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would get uh, that. That's how I would say it, I know. Uh, I have to say, it's, it makes a lot of indie developers very excited. Oh, yeah. They are doing like a lot of stuff about it. And the second edition, Player's Guide and Playtest Documentation, is now available. So um, we'll put a link about that in the show notes. But yeah. uh, they've got... They, I mean, there's a lot of stuff here. And I'm, I'm just pretty oh, interested. I think it's part of like a, the new school revolution. Oh, cool. In what way? Yeah. Um, well, I say it's part of the New School Revolution because it says newschoolrevolution.com has the website. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's like, oh, crikey. There's like this whole wild scene mm-hmm. of like, you got the OSR people. Yeah. Who are like, well, we don't like those Nazi guys, but this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to make, um, mm-hmm. uh, what's it? BS and OX systems. And then you've got like the FKL, which is like the Free Kriegspiel Revolution or something, which is based off like the war games, like Kriegspiel. Yeah. And uh, then you've got the New School Revolution, who are like people who are more committed to, yes, we sort of like the OSR thing, but we're going to have a weirder aesthetic. And I, I do quite like a weirder aesthetic, so I it's all very interesting. Too. Yeah, yeah. Good um, It's all super, like keeping it as, like not totally rules light. But fairly rules like so sort of like cyclopedia, but mm-hmm. without the doorstop of a book behind it. So yeah, that's it's interesting. I hope one day to see a game that I can actually play it. That'd be pretty sweet. Nice. Not gonna lie. Nice. Sounds right. good. I've got three more big bits of news items, and I'm going to tell you what they are, and you can pick what order we want to do them in. Oh, very. So exciting. one of them is about Spider-Man and the Marvel Multiverse Robling game. Spider-Man. Okay. One of them is about Dungeons and Dragons and the big old Book of Giants that's coming up. Mm-hmm. And oh, one of them is Big the Book, of, Book of Big Boys. Yeah. Yes, and, of course that. And one of them is the Ennies nominees for 2023. I think we should save the Ennies nominees for last, like a uh, wonderful dessert first. at the end of a meal. Okay. So which of the other two would you like to do first? Spider-Man. 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 Okay. I hear he does whatever a spider Spider-Man. <laughs> so Spider-Man. the Marvel Multiverse Robling game isn't actually out yet, but it's no. coming out very, very soon. I think it's like August it's coming out. Okay. So really soon. Because um, yeah. it's had a playtest book come out earlier Ooh. this year, didn't it? And then the actual final thing comes out in August. And they announced the X-Men expansion earlier this year. Mm. Um, we, co- we did cover that. Um, that's coming out in February 2024. Mm-hmm. But they've just announced another expansion, which mm-hmm. is called the Spider-Verse expansion. Well, and... I wonder that could be about. <laughs> well, yes, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, this you is don't very much need sort to of, wonder. You know... We'll tell oh, you. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah. the joys of well, being on a news podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, it takes the whole Spider-Verse idea, you know, yes. the, the two Spider-Verse movies. Yeah, yeah. And you can create your own Spider-Man. Okay. Um, along with supporting characters, like nice. your own Uncle Ben and your own Aunt May. Okay. Plus classic Spider-Man villains. Mm. So it, t- it embraces the whole Spider-Verse thing and lets you create your own stuff rather than saying, this is Spider-Man, you play this character. You create your own mm. Spider-Man from presumably a vast array of options. I don't know how wide that scope will be. Yeah. But that is going to be coming out in summer 2024. So X-Men in 20, uh, February 2024 mm-hmm. and then Spider-Verse in summer 2024. Mm. 
I think that sounds good. I think that's a good way to do it. Because, like, well, you've got the yeah. Spider-Verse with all the many versions of Spider-Man. Yeah, make make your own, and then it's your own story instead of... I think yeah. that's a really good way to yeah. do it. It's going to be interesting to see, yeah, yeah. So this is by Matt Forbeck, and um, we've had him on the show before. And um, this is being produced directly by Marvel. Ooh. It's not outsourced to a tabletop RPG company, which is interesting. That mm-hmm. is interesting. Yeah. It also probably means that... The, Anywhere that sells comics is probably going to have this game. Ah. Sort of Marvel's, Marvel's reach into into yeah. sort of retail. Yep. How interesting. So something to stick alongside the player's handbook and things and stuff like, we are legally obliged to sell this stuff. We don't know what it is, but enjoy. I'm wondering if... <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder if this would be an even greater reach than that, though. Yeah, this is, this is... This could be interesting. Interesting. Because usually what we see when we get industry stats is D&D is always the top and then yeah, the mm-hmm. flavour of the month comes and goes in the top five. Well, and then, it's well, Paizo pa- next. Well, yes, whoever. yeah, Paizo. And then, then yeah. the flavours of the month. But I'm wondering yeah. if the Marvel multiverse role-playing game will become one of those key fixtures in the top five. Maybe. We shall see. I don't think it, will, it won't come anywhere near D&D, but... Well... Yeah. No, I don't think so. We, Hard to say, really. Ooh. We shall much, find much, out. It's too much momentum. Not momentum. What's the thing where that you have and you keep going? Impetus, inertia. No, uh, inertia. Too yeah. much inertia, yeah. With D&D at the moment. Yeah. For, for That's true, maybe. Make a dent, but do you know what? In the multi- mm. One of the multiverses, Marvel Multiverse <laughs> is the top mm. one, so. <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, in one of the multiverses, our game is the top one, so. So, yeah, well, somewhere in the multiverse. Engine. I could believe <laughs> Somewhere in the multiverse, yeah. yes. Yeah. Okay. Somewhere. Somewhere. Okay, so that that is the Marvel Multiverse, no, Spider-Verse expansion. I have a thing Ooh, to tell you. you. Oh, yeah. Have you? I do. Yeah. Um, Magpie Games have released Defiant RPG. So I'll defiantly nice. tell you about that. Oh, no. I wasn't really fine because I, maintain, I asked You I must asked maintain if I could a defiant t- voice the whole way through. No, I, I just realised I already game. ruined it because I asked you if I could tell you about it. And if I was being defiant, yeah. I would have just been like, I'm <laughs> going to tell you something. There's nothing you can do about it. Um, <laughs> it sounds it sounds interesting to me. Um, yeah. So I, it's because it's supposed to apocalyptic urban fantasy. 10 out of 10, I love that. I just finished cool. playing a Dresden fate game, which was Ooh. lovely, which is gritty yes. urban fantasy. So I love that vibe. And the, the theme is when the end of days came and the fallen angels were set to take over the world, these defiant aristocrats decided to switch sides and protect the humans by placing protective seals around their cities. The players take on the roles of the defiant blue bloods leading the society of fallen angels, demons, ancient gods and dragons. Mm. So that sounds exciting, doesn't it? it does. uh, yeah, but it's available like now from Magpie Games mm-hmm. and it's also on DriveThruRPG for the PDF. Um, but yeah, it just looked interesting, and the cover has a very pretty lady on it as well. So that was also interesting to me. Yeah, do you want to hear about some giants? Yes. Okay, so Glory of the Giants is coming out August fifteenth. So Woo-hoo. it is a month away now. It's very very soon. Yeah, publicity machine is gearing up for Big B's Big Boys. Have. Yeah. Bim- bim- uh. Sorry, I can't even say it right. Big B's bumper buck of big boys. Come yes. to soar soon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's, an, there's a video. And in this video, game designer James Wyatt. Yes. And art director, I don't know how you pronounce this name, Emmy Tanji? Emi Tanji? I don't know. I'm not sure. How do you spell it? Um, E-M-I. Oh, maybe Emi? Yeah, Emi. Um, apologize, apologize if that's incorrect, Amy or Emmy, yeah. but they talk about the upcoming book coming out August the 15th mm-hmm. in this video. Mm-hmm. And 
They revealed a few bits and pieces. Well, not a massive amount, but they were a few bits and pieces. So the whole idea is like the they obviously it dives into giants in the same way that Fizban's Dragons book did mm. last year. Mm-hmm. It goes into the mythic history of them and makes them more than the idea is to make them more than just monsters that you can fight. I hear you have giant parasites in it. Uh, giant ticks, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Dislike. I know, right? Zero out of ten. <laughs> well, yeah, well yeah. The, the biggest chapter of the book is the uh, beastry. Yeah. So it's got lots and lots of giants. Yeah, obviously, because it's a book of giants. So it's yeah. got giants that boys. use runic magic. A book of big boys. Yeah, and girls. Um, giants that have been transformed by their devotion to fiendish overlords, which have become demons themselves. Right. Giant animals, including dinosaurs, that are bigger than anything that walked this earth, so that giants can ride them. Mega. And also giant ticks who prey on giants. And also giant geese, but giant ticks. Giant, sorry, giants. no, whoa, giant whoa, whoa. geese. Giant Record geese, scratch, yes. rewind, giant geese. Sorry, because <laughs> geese are the most terrifying most... enemy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, wow. Okay. A giant... Uh, that's awful. I wouldn't know... Giant A regular-sized yes. goose terrifies yeah, me. Ter- yeah, yeah. That's fair. And I, I mean, s- a regular-sized goose is pretty big for you, so I can I s- understand that. Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey. And They've got I, such an attitude as well. They, they, and they, they can hurt you. Like, And I don't... Yeah. I, I think some people haven't been chased by a goose as a child and it shows. Mm-hmm. A giant goose sounds terrifying. I would like to see the stats yes. on that because a regular goose is terrifying. Um, yeah. And if you're listening to thinking, a goose, you need to educate yourself and be chased yeah. by a goose because like, you don't understand. Like, you need to be chased by a goose. If you I'll don't go, have a healthy re- a level of fear for this animal, mm, sort yourself out. Then, all our Canadian listeners are like, not going to say, yep. Yeah, yep, yep, the Canadians yep, yep. know. People yep. in the UK mm. will know. Let us let us not dwell too long upon I the giant goose. I want to dwell on the giant goose. Cause dwell, I, dwell. I want to... You want to dwell on a giant goose. I do, yes, I do. Um, <laughs> because <laughs> I think this is the, the biggest thing that's got me excited about this book, actually. Yeah. yeah no, Unless you, do you I have any like, more news ooh. about it? Giant yes, I've got, I got, well, got more news about the book, not about the geese. Okay, I'll, well, I'm not sure I'm that into it. But oh, okay, I'll, I'll accept about the book. <laughs> that's about the I'm afraid the uh, my, my, my news about the geese was literally limited to their existence. Okay, great. I'm afraid I'll, I I'll no let more. you carry on, but I don't think anything is going to be as exciting <laughs> we've got to keep. We've got to keep this podcast PG-rated and too much information about the demon giant geese would be t- too much. Okay, fine. Uh, yeah. Russ, please continue. Yeah. Uh, no. Okay, so also there is a city and it's on a hill and the hill gets up and walks away because it's a giant. There's another thing that's in that book. Um, there's lots of advice for bringing giants to life, including the advice to stand up and stomp around a little bit to help your players understand just how big a giant is, which, okay. Um, <laughs> I think that depends upon your DM. It also depends on how big the DM yeah, is. Yeah, I don't yes. think it'd be as impressive mm. if I did it at five foot. No. <laughs> Uh, also also there's a chapter for players yep. player content so there's a couple of backgrounds that kind of ties you into the story of giants there's rune carvers mm-hmm. who carve giant runes i guess and there's now, giant the runes big or the runes in giant or both i would imagine both Interesting. i would imagine okay um you can also be a giant foundling which means you were raised by giants or lived among the giants and maybe your greatsword is a giant-sized letter opener. Hmm. Okay. Yes. And there's a barbarian subclass. When you rage, it makes you giant-sized and lets you throw things and people around. Okay. I'm going to be honest. I'm still thinking about the goose. Um... And finally, a little bit, um, the narrator of the book is the famous wizard Bigby. Honk. And Bigby leads us on a journey of exploration as we discover that giants are more than just creatures to be fought in a dungeon. 
So there we go. Well, that is that book. And you can pre-order it now. Oh, yeah, expect to fight a giant in a and dungeon. it comes out in August. Poor things keep bunging their heads. Yeah, so it'll have to be a very big dungeon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. High ceilings. Well, technically, like dungeon, in Dungeons & Dragons, dungeons pretty much refer to anything. Like a giant's yeah. castle with is technically a dungeon, isn't it? Sure. As, as D&D defines a dungeon. Sure. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, speaking anyway. of D&D, as we were, mm. there has been a little bit of interesting news. don't know if you've already seen it, perhaps. Mm-hmm. I'll put the link into the chat. Player class stability from one million D&D Beyond Sheets. Oh, yeah, I did see that mentioned somewhere, yeah. That's a yeah. lot of data. There mm. is a lot of data. Yeah. Um, um, and, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and what I took away from it was that there's a lot of people who, um, like me, just just like hitting things with sticks. Um, what's, not what's so interesting, forums, but... Mm-hmm. What's interesting about this is that someone scraped yes. D&D Beyond to get 1.2 yes. million character sheets off. But D&D Beyond does that themselves and releases that periodically anyway. Yeah. And we've reported on that before, and they've got pretty much the same results as yeah. D&D Beyond reported, so I'm not 100% sure why. Is it the same? But anyway... Yeah. Oh, we've, we've, we've been through those things where what's the most popular class and the most popular subclass and the most popular weapon and you know, all this sort of stuff and there were these graphs and things. And not, different not for a good year things. or so. So uh, yeah. It's been a while, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's been a while. It anyway, while. it is yeah. here unofficially. Yeah. Mm. Yes. It is It is here. And so what, what are the conclusions? Well, uh, fighters and rogues remain very popular, which is, mm-hmm. yeah, reasonable. Yep. Yeah. Fighters... Just a popular wizard, slightly less popular. They've gone down in popularity. Oh, poor wizards. Yeah, I know. You can say why wizards are Wizards are only character class wizards, not wizards as in Wizards of the Coast, oh, who would never go down in popularity. You spoiled the ambiguity <laughs> of the question. There we go. I was <laughs> Don't ruin by... your joke. Yeah, 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 have, yeah. Okay. But yeah, no, that, that's about it, really. I just thought it was like a little factoid. Mm. Or a fact, really, I suppose. Mm. But yeah. Well, um, Fair enough. It, I guess yeah. it's just basically make sure you have enough martial classes in your projects so people yeah. can play with those. Yeah. Oh. That's interesting. Right. Thank you. Yeah, very welcome. All right. So the last big bit of news yes. is going to be the Emmys nominations. Woo-hoo! Um, uh, as we've been talking, voting has been opened. Yeah. So the public can now vote for the next week or 10 days or so on, on those nominations. Mm-hmm. Um, literally about 20 minutes ago that happened while we were talking. But, um, yeah, the Ennies nominations were released earlier this week. It's a big, big, long list, so I don't think we could really go through all of it because the Ennies have a lot of categories. Yeah. Mm. But there's a, there's a few sort of highlights that we could sort of talk about. The uh, if, if we look at the category of, um, let's have a look at product of the year, mm-hmm. mm. tends to be a good kind of summary. Um, so we've got Broken Tales from World Anvil Publishing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a We've got Eldritch okay. Overload Tarot and Codex from Weirdworks. I haven't played this, but the book looks very pretty. It's mm. a pretty, pretty product. Fabula Ultima, Ultima, the core book, which I think is like a, is it like fighting, not fighting, what's it? Um, what's the? Uh, it's like a, it looks like a Japanese, JRPG. Uh, yeah, what's the what's the big famous one? Fan- really, really big. Fantasy, um, Fighting Final Fantasy. Final, Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy. Final Final Fantasy. Fantasy. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We, like guys, we sound bit... so old saying that. Can I just <laughs> I say that discussion? <laughs> we sound like 
you know, we, we all aged about 30 <laughs> to 40 years. What is that thing the children listen to? The cartoon with the people in it. Oh, God. Oh, anyway, yeah, but yes. I think they're always playing it on their Nintendos. Yeah. On their yeah. Nintendos. <laughs> I haven't played one of those since Final Fantasy VII. What's it on now? Like 42 or something? I, <laughs> I don't know. Seven. Um, but yeah, it Ooh, looks... Mark. This is This yeah. is one I haven't played. Either, yeah. to be honest. Okay. Well, we've got Flabbergasted. This looks like, like one I want Which is that 1920s kind of Jeeves and Worcestery kind of thing. And the dog on, on the, the front cover looks a bit like my dog, Chango. So I get my vote maybe we've for... We've got Household, Two Little Mice. That's a very cute Ooh. game. I had them on so Not D&D. I think D&D. we've mentioned on the show before. Yeah. yeah. Well, we've had Broken Tales and Household on Not D&D. Mm-hmm. Journey Through the Radiant Citadel from Wizards of the Coast. Mm-hmm. Which also got a Diana Jones nomination, as I recall. Mm-hmm. Yes. We've got Rivers of London from Chaosium. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very long anticipated. Uh, yeah. Swords of the Serpentine from Pelgrane Press, oh, Kevin Cole yeah. and Emily... Um, uh, yeah. yeah. Which we have played before, like three years ago, but it released this year. 2019, Russ, was sadly more than three years ago. Was <laughs> it? Blimey. Okay. Yeah. Oh, uh, I, the, I was surprised. I thought it was already out, but no, I mean, fair play uh, Got it out. Oh, but it is now. It is out yeah. now, but... Um, Otherwise, it couldn't have uh, been nominated for any. Exactly. Uh, the trophy RPG box set. Oh, okay. I'm not 100 percent sure what that is. I'm quickly looking at a tabletop uh, role-playing game of dark forests, doomed treasure hunters, and a world woven on a loom of rumor history and myth. Also, a very pretty is. product. Mm. And then finally, the Vason RPG, Mythic Britain and Ireland from Free League. That is yes. a very fun one. I have that one, and the creatures are really weird and terrifying because, like. British yeah. and Irish folklore is it's, it's so dark Ooh. it's like because mm. the other uh, the other Vason ones are kind of they're all a bit silly they're like uh, they're kind of mischievous demons but mm. um, uh, the uh, British uh, and Irish uh, ones uh, are like and then they eat your soul and take your <laughs> eyes and it's like yeah, why mm. jeez that's so much just rude really isn't yeah. it it's they're, so yeah like British and Irish like myths I don't mess around yeah, yeah. They must, there uh, must top. be some Germanic influence that comes in at some point in history that came in. So in Best Online Content, one of the nominees... I'm not going to read out all the... All no, the no, no, too much. no. Um, we can put a link in the show notes, mm. people can look, and they can go and vote, and they should do in the next seven, ten days they've got to vote, and then mm. the result's going to be announced at GenCon in August mm-hmm. on the Friday night. Yeah. Um, but um, in the Best Online Content, one of the nominees is Linda Kodiga's io9 RPG reporting. Yes. For the uh, OGL stuff. Oh, yeah. Which, which they got a nomination for Diana Jones as well, yeah, I believe. Did, yeah, and were. I would not be surprised yeah. if Linda won both of those. That would be, yes. I would not be surprised at Pretty all. Sweet. Yeah. Um, it might not happen because there are yeah. other, yeah. Yeah, other nominations and they are, they are, strong they are deserving also. Yes. But yeah. yeah. It yeah. wouldn't surprise yeah. me if that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be up against them in that award category. I'd be like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Yeah, this is the year I get here. voted, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's basically... Yeah, that's, uh, yeah I'm not going to read them all. Uh, we've got Avatar Legends is in the best family game category. Mm-hmm. I'm just scrolling through and just calling out sort of notable things. Blade Runner pop- puts up occasionally for sort of visual stuff. I haven't seen it for any writing. Yeah, but, uh, it, Blade Runner is pretty. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, all of their free league stuff yeah. is, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that's that's that's. I'm yeah. gonna go through I'm, and have a yeah. good. Go, go, go look it up. Yeah, go look I'm gonna have a good scroll yeah. scroll through, and yeah. I'm probably gonna invite a lot of people to go on Not D and D to do a deep dive on some of them as well. So um, yeah, just because uh, there's some here that yeah. I haven't heard of, 
which is why I love the Any yeah. Awards because it it makes me see things um, yeah. that I hadn't really yeah. thought about. Well, it's good because it covers so many different categories as well, yeah. obviously covering art and you know and uh, writing and also uh-huh. like Flabbergasted, hadn't heard of, looked at it, and I was like, "This is right up my street." It, look, it looks fun. This yeah, is it does look fun. Exactly what I want. Yeah, that's August the fourth, I believe, is when they'll be announced it at Gen Con. It is at eight that's p.m. Very soon, Gen Con, isn't it? Wow, it is. Very yeah, soon. a few weeks away. It's creeping right up on us. Yeah, mm. we're not going. We're not going. No. no. Speaking of conventions, as we were, uh, this is oh, an actual okay. segue. Um, I'm actually going to Continuum in Leicester. Sorry, American listeners, unless you're actually in Leicester, but I will be there and I'll be running games. Nice. Some mm. level up and some other systems. Um, mm. So look for PJ Coffee if you want to play with me. Oh, don't I don't mind. Or let me in the bo- let me up in the bar. So yeah, buy me a drink. Hey, hint hint. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, that's subtle. Just using like the podcast to try and get free drinks. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. So one last quick thing before we finish the yeah. news. Yes. So you know Asians represent the podcast. Vaguely. Um they took a look at the playtest, the Anathakana. One D and D, D and D one, uh, recent playtest. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, yeah. Yep. In particular, mm. they looked at the monk. <clears throat> mm. Right. Um, and they weren't overly impressed. Oh, dear. Now, I am reading someone else's synopsis of this because yeah, yeah. it's, it is a video. And as always, I, I find it much easier to read stuff quickly yeah. than to yeah, sit yeah. there and yeah. spend ages. No, no, no quicker way to make me go, oh, sorry, I'm looking for a different link than, oh, I have to watch a video. No. Nope. Mm-hmm. They're the worst ones. Yeah, sorry. Um, not this sort of thing where actual discussion is relevant. Yeah. But when you're just looking for a specific bit of information yes. on how to do something, mm-hmm. and it literally, oh. that information would take seven seconds to give you, and yeah. they bury it like yes. 20 minutes into a video. Yeah. No. It makes me want to cry. Uh, it's not, it's not very going to happen. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway, um, anyway, anyway, anyway. What anyway, did this anyway, lovely anyway. person who actually sat and watched it and made a note of it say? Yes. So this is reported by the Myopic Sniper on my forums. So <laughs> I cannot 100% vouch for the accuracy, but this is this is the takeaway of their main points. Mm-hmm. The yes. too long didn't read version. Mm-hmm. So um, they seem a little confused by Wizard's effort to make the monk non-Asian coded, mm-hmm. while at the same time mm-hmm. stating their aims were to bring more non-European representation into the game. Like, there's two conflicting goals there. Okay. So they were li- they were a little confused about that kind of like stated mm. kind of yeah. conflicting yeah agenda as it were strategy. Mm. Yeah. They prefer the term martial artist. Yeah. But they would prefer to keep the monk as a sort of Asian coded class, mm. but have Asian creators and writers design that class. Is their preference? Well, okay. I mean, obviously they don't speak for anyone but themselves. Yeah. But yeah. that's uh that's that that would be their preference. They are kind of critical of Wizard's decision to make the 2024 edition of the core books backward compatible mm. while trying to tackle big issues with the Monk and slash slash Matalasis class, mm. which they think will not really address the fundamental issues of the class. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't keen on the term martial discipline or discipline points. Mm. Um, they actually kind of prefer, they prefer spirit points mm. if the Monk is going to keep religious trappings of the Monk name. Mm-hmm. Um, but they weren't keen on discipline as a word. It sounds like it could have been handled more adeptly. <laughs> You're talking about the level yeah. of advanced competition adept yes, yeah. Well, did I make a joke about that? No. Well, yes. you see, that yeah. is yeah. well, that is kind of what they're saying. They say mm. they would prefer to actually keep it Asian coded. Yeah, yeah. But which obviously, with the adept, we didn't do that. Only well, the, 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 the Asian people designing for it. Yeah. In fairness, yes. with the adept class, I thought the idea is that you could have your character be Asian coded if you wanted. 
Yeah, you yes. could you could, you could make it, it that way yeah. and you could definitely but you don't well, what have we, to you know what we did with level up is remove try to remove the coding from anything mm. so that's yes. why the paladin got renamed so it wasn't like a, a charlemagne type yeah. thing yeah. um yeah. and what else did we name the barbarian yeah. so it wasn't just conan yeah yeah yeah, yeah so that's so the, the things yeah. that actually had sort of cultural stuff coded into them they're yeah. the ones that we and but then we included those codings in the subclasses so yeah so, yeah, so if you want to yeah. play that trope you yeah 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 um, so yeah, what we did is the opposite of what sort of um, the Asians represent podcast. I think um, said they personally mm-hmm. prefer. Mm-hmm. Um, they also said that Wizard of the Coast. They don't think they Wizard of the Coast understands martial arts very well, and suggested bringing in a consultant. Fair, <laughs> but yeah, okay. no, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Mm. Um, so that's basically that is basically <laughs> their term. They, they they don't think that this playtest version, and it is a playtest version mm. of one, of course, and this is feedback, like all yeah. feedback yeah, is, yeah, yeah. and what Wizards wants. So. Yeah. They they're not keen on the playtest version. They don't feel that the wizards has addressed the issues of the monk adequately. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and has a sort of it sounds like has a sort of strategy which seems to both represent non-European stuff while removing non-European stuff at, uh, at the same time, which seems contradictory. Yeah, hard to handle. So, yeah, yeah. I guess they'd have line, to handle. Uh, I guess what Asians represent would be liking is if they hired people from Asia to work mm. in Seattle. So absolutely, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm. Anyway. The thing is, with RPGs, that, you can do a lot of stuff freelance. So it's not like people physically have to be. In and a that lot location. of wizards have to do freelance. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, that's the news. We're done. Cool. Yeah. Um, I did have some follow ups on our topic of the week from last week. In, oh, Ooh. yes. What was that? I can't even remember what it was now. We were talking you about AI. Right? Yes. You, talk, you talked oh, yes. about AI. Yes. Okay. Which I listened to the yeah. first Seven part. whole days ago. I can't possibly mm-hmm. remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And this isn't particularly news, but it might be relevant for people. OpenAI says it could cease operating in the European Union if it can't comply with future regulation. Uh, we were talking specifically yeah. about the com- about if co- basically that AI could be better if companies would disclose their training data. Yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, the European Union AI Act would require the company to disclose details of its training methods and data sources. Mm-hmm. And this is a big deal breaker. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I think that is going to. I think that is going to happen, and I think that will happen in America too. Um, yeah, I mean, OpenAI say, "Well, you can't have AI because then we'd have to tell you where we trained it on, and we are definitely one hundred percent not going to do that." Well, so let's not have AI then. <laughs> <laughs> Albert Rodeo, you know, there's a Death new VTT. version of Albert Radio coming out because um, so Albert Rodeo is currently my preferred VTT. Nice. I like it because it's just basically simple. It's a battle yeah, yeah. map and some tokens on it. There's no messing about. I don't have to learn. It hasn't got the same sort of learning curve that Roll20 or Foundry or something has. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though like they're, they're more fully featured. Yeah. I'd like the simplicity mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, yeah. Basically, it does the one thing really easily and well. Yeah. So there's a, a second version of it coming out, and they're retiring the first one. And I've been using um, Albert Radio version one, mm-hmm. and it's told me, you know, I've got to move on to version two because it's mm-hmm. going away. So I've moved on to version two, and I'm trying it out, and I like it. Good. I like it. So it is prettier and more featured than version mm-hmm. one. Um, there's a couple of niggles I have with yeah. it, but nothing nothing major. And I, I kind of think they're sort of things that will get fixed. It's got sort of um, the ability for third parties to write extensions for it. Mm. So I've already got an, an initiative tracker, which I've added onto it, and, oh, okay. um, and, and a couple of other things, and um, bits and pieces. What I really do need is, and what it doesn't have at the moment, is an easy way for the DM to track hit points and stuff. I'm still using a notepad in another window or a scrap of paper to do that. 
There must be yeah, yeah. some third-party stuff that someone made. I, not yet. Oh, really? Not yet, okay. but, but I would not be surprised if that does not appear yeah. very soon because it is a thing where third parties can write yeah. um, extensions for it. <clears throat> and yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm really liking it. I'm using a bunch of tokens that we released on there, which was the Monstrous Menagerie tokens. So I use those as my monster tokens. You can grab those for free, by the way, from um, the Level Up site or from Drive mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Yeah, uh, all the monsters and the monsters menagerie. It's a token for each, Ooh. and I'm, I'm really liking it. I think it's really good. Like I said, it's, 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 it's early days. It's, it's gonna it's gonna have a few tweaks, I'm sure, and third parties will make add-ons for it, which will make it even better. Oh. Yeah. But right now, really liking it. Fantastic. Nice. Yeah, is there a way to get the the tokens onto Roll Twenty or something like that? I mean, cause I don't know I how s- Roll Twenty works well enough. No, probably. Because I think that'd be really nice. Yeah. That's... All, all I can do, all I can do, is give you the tokens. I don't know anything about Roll Twenty. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah, upload yeah. your own tokens on Roll Twenty. I know yeah. if you have a paid oh. version. I think you come with a free oh, version absolutely. as well. Yeah, you can do it on a free version. You just have less space. Oh, I was right. just thinking, like if there was like something from Level Up, because yeah. it's a bit lacking. Yeah. yeah. So I've got, I've put, I've put up packs on Drive Through RPG and yes. on our website, token packs for Montrose Menagerie and all the Holdenshire NPCs. Oh, amazing. For free. Hmm. So that is very generous of you. Thank you very much. What I would really wanted to do was to save a kingdom token pack. Oh. But there's about 50 monsters in there without illustrations. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Which is. Oof. That's a lot. Yeah. And, <laughs> That's yeah. a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, that unfortunately is less of a, Likely thing to happen. Okay. To, okay. But still. to be worked on. Yeah. I'm speaking to some yeah. virtual tabletop platforms about to save a king, so mm. nothing to announce yet because I said. Oh, Fantasy Grounds is working on it. Nice. Are they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, they they always they always contact me when they start working on stuff and let me know. I've heard true speakers, so they didn't tell me that. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. They asked me what price it should be for. And I said, well, the PDF is, I can't remember what I said, $24. I can't remember what I said it you was. You said Same what it is, PDF, yeah. Some money. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. Greetings, Matana drones. I trust you had a safe journey. Well, as safe as an adventuring archaeologist can ever be, curator. Oh, yes. I'm sure there are bridges of doom and deadly snake pits to contend with. But you're here now, back at the International Museum of Fanciful Arts and Relics, most holy and or mythical. You know, you could really use some branding advice. Oh, never mind that, never mind that. The important thing is you're here. Indeed. Uh, I look forward to taking off my hat and laying down my whip for a while. Uh, tell me, curator, uh, who is your companion? Ah, this here is Professor Jollingswoggle. The professor here is one of our leading archaeological experts. Smart as a whip! <laughs> you forgive my little joke. Smart as a whip? It's a metaphor. Um, you know, like uh, sharp as a nail. A smart cookie. Right as a button. Ah, never, never mind, never mind. Jolly, meet Dr. Montana Jones. Drones. Uh, drones, sorry, Jones is the other guy. Oh, pleased to meet your Dr. Jones. I'm quite the fan. Oh, that's very kind, Professor. Now then, Dr. Jones, what do you have for us this time? The Ark of the Covenant? The Holy Grail? Well, sadly, my great rival, that uh, scoundrel Dr. Jones, uh, has recovered those items already, Professor. Indeed, they have them on display over in the Museum of Antiquity and Legendary Artifacts, Relics and Curiosities. Wow, that branding is almost as bad as ours. Well, it is the resting place of many of Dr. Jones's discoveries. Ah, yes, Dr. Jones. He has quite the reputation. 
Entirely undeserved, I assure you, Professor. Undeserved? But he's the greatest archaeological adventurer of our time. Hmm. Well, that is what he would have you believe. That good-for-nothing fraud. Now, now, Dr. Crones, I hear he just found the legendary Temple of Doom. Surely he's a great explorer. Anybody can find the Temple of Doom, Professor. I mean, it's right under the Pancot Palace. Hardly circumspect. You know, they have a sign right next to the guest bathroom. Fine. Fine, whatever you say. Now, what have you got for us today, Dr. Drones? Ooh, I'm hoping for Excalibur, the sword of King Arthur. Or perhaps the Golden Fleece, last worn by the Greek hero Jason. Ah, or Pandora's box, the crown of thorns, the coat of many colours. Well, nothing quite so grandiose, I'm afraid. Oh, well, perhaps Nero's fiddle, the spear of destiny. Look, I spent six months travelling the world in search of Aladdin's lamp. Oh, a wondrous prize indeed. Only to be beaten to the punch by that dastardly Dr. Jones. Ah. So so I, I switched course, and I set my eyes on the ship of Theseus. But? But he did it again! I reached it just in time to see that cowardly crook Jones sail off into the sunset. I see. Not to be defeated. <laughs> I determined the location of the Pied Piper's pipe. Which was? In that dastardly Jones's satchel! I mean, he, he did it again! This is starting to sound like a broken record. Uh, a broken record? Yes, yes, it's a metaphor. The story, it keeps repeating itself. Is there any legendary artefact which Dr. Jones hasn't recovered before you, Dr. Jones? There is one. Well, two, really. Kind of a set. Oh, good, good, good. Ah, Pray, tell us, what is it? My friends, I present to you... Oh, I do love this bit. The rarest of all relics... So excited. The Socks of Alexander. Beg your pardon? What? These socks Alexander the Great was wearing during the Battle of Gaugamela. Um... What is it, curator? I... I, I thought you'd be more impressed. Well, it's just that the socks of Alexander aren't really a thing. <laughs> I assure you they are. I mean, I, I have them right here. Why do they have Hello Kitty patterns on them? I don't know. I mean, maybe Hello Kitty was an, inspired by an ancient uh, Macedonian symbology. Dr. Drones, not only are the socks of Alexander not really a thing, but these socks in particular have name tags which say... M-D. M-D? M-D? Um, perhaps they stand for most dangerous? Or, um, mighty destroyer? Maybe a Macedonian uh, dynamo? Or maybe M-D stands for Montana drones? Are these your socks, Dr. Drones? Uh, no. Are you sure? Fine, fine. Yes, they are. I just, I, just, I just couldn't find any real artefacts, you know. I, I just whipped my socks off in a last desperate gambit to save my reputation and my career. And this was the best you could come up with? Socks? Could you have invented something a bit more exciting? I was, I was under pressure. It's not even like socks have any special power. I mean, the Holy Grail grants eternal life, and the Ark of the Covenant is a box with God in it who melts your face if you look at him. I... I... I don't think, strictly speaking, that it is a box with a god in it, curator. 
Yeah, that that feels a bit reductive. I mean, the Ark of the Covenant contains many great things. No, yeah, 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 yeah. No, madam, no, madam. My point is that this is just a pair of socks. And not even a real pair of socks. Oh, they're real socks. But not Alexander the Great socks. No. Look, Dr. Jones, I am simply afraid we're going to have to let you go. Let, let me let me go. Yes, we think it's uh, time you retired. You're clearly in need of some um, personal time. Yeah, you, you can't do that. I'll, I'll find something. I, I promise. I mean, I'll scour tomb and temple, explore every last secret city and sunken wreck. I'll, I'll travel to the farthest reaches of the world. Just, just, just give me one last chance. I'll, I'll find you an artifact which will put that bothersome Doctor Jones to shame. Fine, fine. One last chance. But. If you come back with Genghis Khan's favourite teaspoon, or Dorian Gray's handkerchief, we'll throw the book at you. Throw a book at me? Throw the book at you. Why don't you understand metaphors? Never mind. I I won't let you down, I promise. I I already have a lead on something wondrous. Well, perhaps you should tell us what this artefact is. Mm, Yes, that would be prudent, lest you go off on some... Wild goose chase. I assure you, I shall be chasing no goose. It's better... Again, uh, uh, never mind. So, Dr. Drones, what is it? It's a metaphor, apparently. The artefact? The goose. No, no, no. What is the artefact you are chasing? No, it's the goose I was chasing. Um, not chasing. This is getting really quite frustrating, Dr. Jones. Please tell us... What this relic is that you intend to procure. Ah, right, yes, of course. I am hot on the trail of... Yes? King Arthur's... Ooh, yes? Brothers... Yes? Best friends... Mm. Cousins... Ah. Pants. You're fired. Malak the Maleficent here. If, like me, you're enjoying this podcast, please consider subscribing on Patreon for exclusive bonus content every week and the warm, fuzzy feeling of knowing you are helping to keep the show going. Subscribe at patreon.com slash morris. There, I said it. Can you stop staring at me like that now? The things I do. All right, all right. Don't forget... Patreon.com slash Morris. Can I go now? Okay, as is traditional, once we've really started scraping the bottom of the barrel for ideas, just <laughs> straight up digging at wooden shavings, um, I get I get by chance to introduce the topic of the week, and I thought it would be quite jolly to talk about has independent tabletop RPG developers and designers, you are going to need to promote your work. Mm-hmm. Which platforms offer what opportunities and what pitfalls might await you on them? Yeah. So, it's- I think the reality is, mm. if you are yeah. trying to create or sell RPG products, I mean, any products, but, you know, in our case, RPG products, yeah. because it's an RPG podcast and we're RPG creators, um, you need a presence on social yep. media, yep. and the social media landscape keeps changing beneath you as you do it, oh. which makes it more and more difficult to do. It's absolutely not. It's that. also yeah. a specialist marketing skill. There are people yes. that, do, as any indie RPG creator knows, you have to wear so many hats. Like you originally, you mm. want to make games, mm. and then suddenly you have to do all this other stuff. And this is mm-hmm. one of those big 
other stuff, things that you need to do. But actually, mm. it's it's not really that straightforward. I think a lot of people think, oh, I use social media, so I know how to, you know, Market. do this. Yeah. But mm. it's actually a, a very niche specialist skill, and there are professionals do, yeah. that, that do it full time. It. Absolutely rubbish at it, yeah. No. I, um, yeah. yeah. I, I will say that if we talk about one-man bands, mm-hmm. then the British listeners will be like, oh, yes, yes, that that they know what that's talking about. For our American listeners who might be less familiar, a one-man band is where you have one person who's trying to play about 12 to 14 different instruments at the same time by having them strapped and mm-hmm. to their body with lots of different wires and mm-hmm. uh, supports to blow on them. And being an independent art- tabletop RPG co- creator is very much that experience. Mm. <laughs> a metaphor, if you will. Interesting. Mm. I'm not sure I understand. Could you unpack that for me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. at the moment, I've yeah. just had to join Threads.net and Blue Sky mm. to two new um, yes. platforms because they've appeared and we have to maintain a presence on those things. Mm. Don't have the time to use them and really don't um, yeah. build a following. And the problem is with most of this stuff, especially if you're like a, a starting creator, you have to put all this effort into your social media stuff. Mm. But until you've built up a following, and it is hard to build up a following, it's mm. like really hard to do. Yeah. It can be really, really discouraging that like you're just shouting into the void and no one's seeing. Yeah. Yep. And that is a problem. I mean, especially because social media, yeah. you don't get a return on investment like you do with other forms of marketing. Because social mm. media is about building a community and awareness. But that doesn't yeah. lead directly to sales in the same way that if you did a mailer or something uh, to your mailing Mm. list, you can see how many people opened it, how many looked at it, how many people as a result bought it. You don't get that from social media, but we know it is Mm. important for presence and awareness. So, Mm. and it's, it's really hard to do good community building properly as well. I mean, Mm. I, I do the social media stuff for EM publishing stuff because ideally we'd love to hire somebody to do it full time because, but we're not at that stage as a business where we can afford to do that. So it's just another thing that I do. And, I'm very aware that a lot of our social media is very informative. It's just information like, hey, we're doing this at the moment. Hey, we're going to be here. This is what's going on. And I think at the very basic level, that is what you should be doing just so people can find out who you are and what's going on. So it's informative. But there's this whole other side to, like I said, social media, which is community building that you see other people doing and putting time into doing, you know, doing really well. So that side of it, I can't speak to because... Uh, even though I've done some research and I know a little bit about how you do it, I just don't have the time to invest it, especially because mm. we have all the platforms we're on. So we've got mm. Facebook and Instagram and Twitter mm. and TikTok, and then we've got Threads, and then we've got Bluestyle, and there's Mastodon, and then Reddit. And well, I don't know, does Reddit really count as a social media platform as forum? Sadly. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Um, and then we've got a Discord channel for EN World, and then we've got mm. EN World forums that we manage manage yeah. and moderate. Mm. And it's yeah, I've been, yeah. I, and I've been shouted at for not like putting enough stuff in the Discord things. So I just don't have the time, and then I get shouted, "Well, you should hire someone to do it." Then we don't have the money. No. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, love to. Like, I would so much love to have a full time person doing all the social media stuff. Well, that, that's something we talked about, but. If, if we're going to hire somebody, you need to be able to pay them a good living wage so that they mm. can exist in the world because capitalism. Mm. And you need to know that you can support that long term. Mm. And the, your business needs to be in a certain amount, a certain place to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I think the two big ones to be really, really got to make sure you've got a presence on at the moment mm-hmm. are Facebook, because that's pretty much the best advertising platform on the planet at the moment. Mm-hmm. 
For our audience, definitely. Yeah, if you've got a Facebook page with a lot of followers, that is a really good thing to have. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, And currently, I don't know how much longer this is going to be true, but still Twitter, although uh, I suspect that is changing at the moment, but currently it's still, you know, the big one. Mm -hmm. But... um, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. But they're the two, the two big ones at the moment. That is fascinating because I, mm-hmm. I've heard some very different things. But yeah, um, uh, for instance, uh, Fred's is the new one, which is getting shout outs on the BBC. Mm-hmm. Poor people to encourage it. If you have an Instagram account, which also connects to Facebook mm-hmm. and potentially WhatsApp. You also, by default, have a Fred's account. Yeah. Um, I think the problem is, if you're on Twitter and you've got something like, you know, you're a mm. sort of mid-sized company. Yeah, yeah. And you've got something like 40,000 followers or something. Yeah. And then you go on to Threads. Yeah. And suddenly you've got five followers. Mm. And you've got to build all that up again. And yeah. even if you bring your Instagram followers over, probably maybe you haven't been building a massive Instagram following. So you've only got 30 people on Instagram, you know, because that's not really been your focus Absolutely. or something. And so that the problem with threads is, is that inertia thing again. It's, it's, and you kind of got to start again and build up a following yet again. And then you've got to do it again on Blue Sky. And then you've got to do it again somewhere else. And well, it's so hard to do it one time, let alone for and, 10 times. And also... I think you could say that you can have one post and just post it to all of them because there are services that do that. We have something yeah. where we auto-schedule stuff for like announcements yeah. like that. But actually, you do need a different communication strategy on different platforms because the things that mm. do well on TikTok, mm. very different to things that do well on Facebook, mm. YouTube, mm. or Twitter. So yeah, yeah. you can not you can just copy and paste the same stuff across all platforms, but it's not actually going to get that much engagement yeah. and reach. Oh, yeah, YouTube. That's another one, yeah. That counts. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and there's YouTube, yeah. yeah and you've you got post... And we're on Twitch uh, as well. Counter Social, you've got Hive. There's so many. There's yeah, so yeah. Many. Uh, but a lot of these platforms all share a common feature, which is that they are centralised, which is that you've got one set of servers, which everything goes on. Very easy to use, but there is a computer algorithm, which mm. is controlled by the people do, who use it. And that will let that decide what your users... What you see. Yeah, yeah. what your followers look at. Yeah. Like, for instance, it's a mm-hmm. really, really super common complaint on Facebook that people yeah. just don't get to see the posts of groups yeah. they're following. Yeah. Like, uh, currently... All like, the people they're following, yeah. their friends, you know, their family. Yeah. yeah. Like, I basically have to go to your profile and to Jess's profile individually to have a look to see what you're up to, which mm. you probably notice there's like, oh, Peter just liked eight posts that I did over the course of a couple of weeks. And that's basically me saying, I wonder how Russ is doing, and going and have a look, because you do not show up in mm. my posts, like in yeah. my feeds. Like, yeah, the old algorithms are, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. like, that sort of algorithm control of media means that if you are a small creator, you will have your work suppressed. Unless you yeah. like, wait to have it boosted. Uh, yeah. unless you, well, and even thing, then. Yeah. A, a Facebook then. page yeah. does not really show up in feeds at all. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Unless yeah, you literally yeah. have to pay for each post and post yeah. each post These... to get the people who follow that page, yeah. who've already said they want to see what's on yeah. that page, mm-hmm. to see it. Yeah. You have to pay a pay for yeah. those people to see the it. The way I treat yeah. Facebook pages is treat it almost like a website. So it's a place where people, it's not going to pop up in their feeds, but it's a place people will go to yeah. to find stuff. So you have yeah. to think about, do, yeah. How much do you think people do that? Because I definitely don't go to Facebook pages. Do do people tend to? Do you know when I do is, um, so I research a lot of RPGs to find guests to go mm-hmm. um, on the show. 
Yes. So if I'm like, I've heard of this cool game and I'm going to look it up. If I just Google the game, sometimes their Facebook page will come up. So I'll click on that because that will mm. tell me kind of, can I get, and that's always a surefire way to get in touch with them via messenger. Because sometimes mm. people have a website, but they don't have like an email, they don't have a contact thing, mm-hmm. but I can see it on there. And also they tend to post things on there about what's happening more regularly. So mm. I, de- I will do that when I'm researching different games and, and things like that. Mm. And also if I'm looking to buy products as a consumer, now this isn't just for role-playing games, but it's just in general, I will go on to their social media things to see independent reviews and comments people make because even if they pay for reviews and stuff if a company's really bad when they do a post someone will put in the comments i never received my thing well rah, rah. you know what i mean and the way the companies reply to negative posts tells me more about it because stuff always happens with the companies but it's i always look to how they kind of reply and deal with issues and that that tells you everything about it mm-hmm. so that's what social kind of media is for yeah yeah and social media can yeah. be a very negative place as well because people tend to only comment or review or do things oh, if they've had a bad experience. Comments on Facebook ads. Oh. oh my gosh, yeah. So we're running Facebook ads at the moment because mm. we're doing and the what's all always the same. It's always the same. Doing... The only people who comment on Facebook ads are the sort of people who would comment on Facebook well... ads. And unfortunately, the sort of people who would comment on Facebook ads aren't really the sort of people you want to comment on your Facebook ads. I'm going to say, <laughs> because basically... hashtag not all commenters because we have had some <laughs> really nice ones, but yeah. the negative but, uh, ones but, uh, stick in your head. And I know you mean because you're just... More than half of them. More than half of them just... Yeah, it's just post something nasty about you yeah they make a sarcastic comment and then i because of who i am as a person let's not read into it that's for therapy um i Mm. uh, i will write a sarcastic comment back they do not like this they're like how (laughs) terrible i'm like but you just you just did that i'm never rude but yeah I just, uh, yeah, things like that. It's kind of fun. But some people do comment stuff. Um, one thing mm. I really like when people do is they write when they back, they're like, oh, I've backed this. And that's really nice because one for me as a creator, I see that. I'm like, oh, cool. Uh, and also other people will see it and it creates that social kind of, oh, cool, someone's done mm. that. I also like to kill people with kindness in Facebook comments. So if somebody's really rude asking something, generally I'll answer the question in a really polite way, just skimming over as if, they, if they've, and I'll answer back in a very kind of, mm. Uh, way and sometimes they'll reply yeah. nicely back and be like thank you <laughs> yeah. and I just like sometimes, yeah I like sometimes that sometimes I think you're like what people post on social media mm-hmm. in public under their own name is like do you understand that people can see this <laughs> I guess they don't care yeah um, they, get, they I guess. don't care I don't care, but it's like, are these your inside thoughts? Maybe did you intend for them to be <laughs> on the World Wide Web for everybody to see under your own name? I don't know. Yeah, because Facebook's not very anonymous because, like, there's your name and a picture no. of you next to it. Yeah. So, like, on Twitter, when it's sometimes just, like, a cartoon character and their username is, like, I like Jam, yeah. or I don't know, or something, you're like, okay, mm. fair enough, there's a level of anonymity there. So if you're using this to vent out your hate, Twitter's a very help- hateful place. Mm. Fair enough, but yeah. yeah. Mm. But the bigger your audience is, the more of that you'll get, and you can spend yeah. a lot of time and energy on that. And it can, it does it. I know I should maybe have a thicker skin, but sometimes things like that get to me, like mm. when people just go out of the way to say something, especially when it's not true. Mm. That's when it bothers me because I feel like I want to go mm. on and correct them, but I'm like, actually, mm. me spending energy and talking mm. to this person isn't going to be very helpful because yeah, you know. But yeah. it's yeah. And it can because it's social well, media. It's on my phone, so sometimes I'm just yeah. sitting down for the evening, like watching a film, and I'll get an alert because, and I'll I'll look at it, and it'll be some mm-hmm. random jackass saying something that is wrong, and yeah. then you're like, someone on the internet is wrong. 
So, yeah, but it's not just that they're wrong. They, they can be wrong, yeah. but it's that they're rude and wrong. Yeah, rude like someone's like, I would never back this because this is using AI art. And I'm like, we don't use AI no, art. Not. This is not AI art. <laughs> Company policy like, says no. Yeah. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. You, about you that? just made that up. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. They're like, oh, this is yeah. clearly AI art. And it's like, it's not. It's by this artist. So Here's yes. mm. their portfolio. Yeah. Enjoy. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of find, yeah. So Twitter and Facebook are what they are. Yeah. Um, yeah. YouTube, I feel like we we I think struggle with YouTube. Yes, we got decent we got decent Twitter and Facebook followings. They're mm-hmm. okay with YouTube. We really do struggle with it and building an audience on there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean we've got coming up to what two thousand subscribers, which isn't many for a YouTube channel that's been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. But even then, of the, hardly any of those subscribers see the videos we yeah. post. Mm-hmm. So. You know, you know, we we definitely definitely struggle there, on YouTube. There, and now all these things, like with with Twitch and with YouTube and with TikTok, you need to be making content really regularly. And there's loads of things you can do to kind of yeah. promote and do this, but it all takes time. And you can do that with one of them, perhaps. Yes, but it's really hard to do it with all of them at the same time. Yeah, and and build a following on all of them. And also, when we're a small company, our time is a scarce resource. No. And I honestly think the strategy is more and more. I think the strategy is. Don't try and do everything. Pick one, do it well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for, you, you'll, you'll find like, you know, I say influencers, but you know, the, the big influencers mm-hmm. tend to be an influencer on a specific platform. They're yeah. an Instagram influencer or they're a Twitter influencer. Yeah. And they've just focused on one thing yeah. and they've done that really well. Mm-hmm. And they've got like hundreds of thousands of followers on that one thing. Yeah. Mm. You know, they don't need to worry about the other ones. They just focus on that one thing and they do that one really well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe I think I'm starting to think that is the only real way you can navigate social media unless you've got an entire company and a department of people. Yeah. You know, like Wizards of the Coast obviously can like have a massive presence on all of yeah. them because they've got the budget and the people. But for a small, a single person or a small, very small company, mm-hmm. well, I think pick one. I, and- I think the issue with that though is that consumers and consumers kind of treat all companies this the same regardless of yeah. the, the scale like because sometimes people have sent us customer service messages asking why we're not doing certain things and mm. i want to be like because we're not wizards of the coast but i think sometimes yeah. and you know from their perspective we make rpg books they're a consumer of rpg books so mm. you know you must be so, exactly the same yeah but yeah. but it doesn't feel like a satisfying answer for a consumer as well to be like oh because mm. we're a smaller company and we can't do that it's like okay but i want this thing so mm. Uh, so yeah. I guess I'll go to D and D because I get the thing I want from them. Then, mm. like, we're, I would love to have a D and D Beyond platform oh, yeah. for Level Up uh, so mm. much. Yeah. That'd be sweet. But yeah, yeah. managing that, you have there's a team of people that manage just that site, and 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 that wouldn't even be making new content. That would just be like managing yeah. the users, well, the fixing is, bugs, all these sorts of things. Right. Think, think about D and D Beyond. Mm-hmm. It got sold to Wizards of the Coast for what was it, 160 million or something, yeah. wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Something massive. Yeah, it's like. We do not have $160 million in resources to build a $160 million platform. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. just, or even $1 million. You, yeah. know, it's, you, know, it's, you know, it's like such huge numbers. Yeah. Like what, was the, what D&D Beyond cost is like beyond the means of a small company mm-hmm. by oh, yeah. orders of magnitude. Yeah. yeah. You know, just, you just couldn't do it. Yeah. And it's the yeah. same for social media and other online things like that in the same way that it's just... Mm. Yeah. I yeah, feel like yeah. we've just complained and not given any solutions. I think the we solution have, yeah. you've said is maybe like pick one and do that really well. Yeah. The only danger and risk of that is um, that um, if that platform goes away, 
than you, than yes, what you that do. Is a problem. But interestingly, yeah. actually on TikTok, uh, there's someone I follow called uh, Kervin. Um, I'll get I'll get a link on here. And they they do um, tabletop games. They they're doing board games, and they have built an audience on TikTok. Um, and they've just focused on that. They've done that exact strategy. And they right. made a video recently okay. talking about someone said, "Well, TikTok might go away because of the laws of legislation in the US." And, um, hmm. and they said, "Well, that is true. That that is a risk, but." In building a community on TikTok, I've learned skills and things oh. which will be transferable to another platform. So should I move to mm. another platform, I will I will do it again. And it doesn't mean you have to do it again, mm. but it hasn't been a waste of time because you've learned how to do those community building mm. skills and focus in that way. Mm. So maybe that's the way to go. I'll tell you one thing that I do think is important. Mm-hmm. You need to make sure you have your own sort of online base that isn't mm. owned by... Someone else. Yeah. Someone else. Yeah. So like we have EN World. Yes. We have a community which is owned by us. Yeah. Yes. Um, it is ours. Yes. Whatever happens to TikTok, whatever happens to Facebook, whatever happens to Twitter, whatever happens, we've got we've got that. Mm-hmm. We, you know. Um and I do, I do I do kind of think that making your home like the the very basic of your home, right, mm-hmm. you know, because you can have sort of you can spread out into things, but making the sort of base, the foundation of your home a platform that isn't yours mm-hmm. might might not i don't know i don't know might not be the best term long term yeah thing to do maybe like make make the make the foundation something you own yeah and then you can spread into those other things if you wish but right at the bottom of that pile you've got that foundation you've got that thing that is yours mm. where everybody knows they can always go to that place and find you yeah yeah and that could just be a website yeah. with hey i'm a company i do this here's a link to all my socials that are currently yeah. active yeah yeah I mean, it'd be nice to, yeah, if you have a community on there, that helps, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, that's yeah, the ideal. Yeah. Mm. But hosting forums and having, that's a whole thing. Yeah. That is. That's a whole thing. Opening yourself up to being a moderator, which there is, is that as well. Yeah. Then, and then having a Facebook group is opening yourself up to being a moderator. And if you're a company, you kind of have to do that these days, don't you? Yeah. But yeah, no, I do agree. Having a place online that you own, that you can have uh, your space in, so some sort of online. Mm space is good even if it's just a link tree and you can get those for free that just says oh i made a link tree i made a link tree this week for you hey yeah because on on twitter i put it in my twitter profile because i was just like i you know where am i directing people to on twitter are you not using the company's link tree then i didn't know we had a company link tree okay you know the one that's on all of our social medias that at the top in the in the if you look on like the twitter bio and things that i made a year ago oh yeah no. Could use that one. <laughs> I just made, no, I just made my own tree. Okay, great. Well, that's, that's, that's my personal. That's a lot of this. My personal. Oh, that's your personal well. one. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, that's yeah, different. Yeah. That doesn't have your personal one. Oh, I've, I've included company stuff on there. Yeah, but yeah. It's also like this is this is this is where my personal. Facebook oh, that's fine. Yeah, that's for you. Like Sorry, I thought you just made another yeah. one for like Ian World or something. No, I was no, like, no, we already no, have no, one of those. But, yeah. No, this is this is for me. Good. That's so, fine. I'll allow that. Yeah, I'm finding it's quite useful though. It's just like your online business card. I guess so, yeah. It's enormous. Though. There's so much stuff on there. Yeah. It's really long. Really long. And I probably haven't covered everything. But I think that's really great to have. I find it really useful because sometimes I have, I've had some people that I've wanted to invite them on. I wanted to do an interview on them on their game for Yen World. And I haven't been able to find a single way to get in touch with them. Right. Like, they don't... I understand why people don't have their email publicly online because you can get spams and stuff like that. But on their social media mm. things, they say you can only message me if we're friends. So it's like, okay, yeah. we're not friends. So like, it's so I think you have to have some way for people to get in touch with you somehow. Like, mm. 
Because otherwise you'll miss opportunities. Yeah. I think you need a, a publicly available business email address at the minimum, yes. which isn't your personal email yes. address. And um, I think I think you kind of need yeah. that. You know, and accept that it's going to get spammed to hell because it's public. Yeah. But it's not your personal email address. Yeah. But I think you need that so people can... Or, there's always a basic way people can get in contact mm-hmm. with you. They don't have to be friends with you on social media or whatever. Yeah. If someone needs to contact you, they can. So that, that that's important. Cool. So, yeah, so the important thing is have... If you can, the, the the foundation of your online presence be your own thing, mm-hmm. and then spread into other platforms you like. Probably pick one or maybe two platforms and do them well. Try not to spread too thin. Yeah. Make sure you've got a way for anybody to contact you, which doesn't require them to be friends with you and stuff. So yeah. put your put put an email address up. Use a link tree. It's a really good idea. I think yeah, that's basically my advice on that. Yeah, stuff. that would be for small indie publishers. I mean, there's so much you could say about mm. how to utilize each platform. Well, if you, which if you're yeah. big and you've got the budget, yeah, it's an entirely different yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah. Entirely. Then yeah, then yeah. hire somebody that really knows what they're doing, or teach yourself how to use those platforms. And there's that's yeah. a whole skill set for marketing that we're not yeah, discussing yeah. here. But yeah. yeah, I'd say yeah, social media and also as an indie publisher, one of the benefits of doing that is people will see you as a person, so you can talk about your journey and talk about what you're doing. So Mm. Making yourself accessible and being able to interact with people that are buying your books is a really good part of that. So using it in that way is yeah. a good thing to do. Yeah. Ah, I found I found the impression. Oh, so that's LinkedIn. I was using LinkTree, you see. Okay. Different thing. Basically the same thing, but different thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'd never actually seen that before. Really? There you go. Oh well. <laughs> I learned something new today. You are. <laughs> it has been a productive day because of that. Good. On that note. Are we done with today's podcast? All right, let's get out of here. Bye. See you Bye. Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. Like the Romans used to use geese as guard animals. Oh yeah, my God. Yes, that makes total sense. <laughs> there are respects to the Geneva Convention. To be fair, it hadn't been written yet, but even if it had, they still wouldn't respect it.